everyone to bring your own mech. I'm your host, Reed. My pronouns are they, them. You can find me on Twitter at Reed Plays. Let's start with our guest. Introduce yourself once again, Ray. Hello, everyone. I am Ray. My pronouns are she, they. You can find me on Twitter at CrystallizeMe. And today I am playing the lovely, wonderful, <laughs> somehow babysitting Takara Masterson, call sign Decibel. Pronouns are they, she. Hi, I'm Amelia. My pronouns are she, her. You can find me on Twitter at am underscore rids underscore music. And today, like most other days, except for that one time, I'm playing Nita, call sign Matcha, who also uses she, her pronouns. Hello, I'm Dusty. I use he, they pronouns. You can find me online at Dusty Hill, and I'm going to be playing Zoro Low Call Sign Roadkill, who also uses he, they pronouns. I am Aubrey. I use she, her pronouns, and tonight, uh, like, you know, every time but that one time, I am playing <laughs> Sarah Sawyer Davenport Call Sign Silver, who also uses she, her pronouns. Hi. I'm Aki, my pronouns are she, her, and tonight I'll be playing Vim Zaheer Bomb Vanderpump Greenigale Dow the third, call sign Moxie, who also uses she, her pronouns. You can find me on Twitter at Akinomi underscore art. Reed is a weenie. Take it away. Yeah, I am a weenie. A weenie that is going to try very hard to kick your butts. Sawyer, you are, you know, leaving the topiary, trying to not look super flushed. Yeah, I'm just being like, oh shit, does it fucked up sex hair? <laughs> <laughs> just a bunch of leaves sticking out. <laughs> yeah. And someone walks by and says, oh, there you are. I've been looking for you. Huh? You look and it's actually... So, Sawyer had someone that taught them swordcraft. Yes. It's also the person who taught them ballet. Yes. The swordmaster and the dance master. Yes. <laughs> the dance commander, even. And I think it's less that they even just taught you ballet, but that to them, swordcraft and dancecraft are the same. And they teach them the same. Are her parents aware of that? Probably not. Nope. <laughs> Probably not. They probably think that you're being only taught dancing, but then they're like, hey, guess what? All these dance moves I showed you, you can do them with a sword. The sword master comes up to you with two practice swords in their hand and throws you one and says, on guard. On guard. And they begin to fight you. And it's like a beautiful dance fight. Lots of twirling and exciting moves from both sides. You're both sort of like breathing hard, and then the dance, uh, the dance master, they the are. dance master, sword master. <laughs> yes, they are both. They're both. The sword master, dance master, looks at you and says, "This isn't how it happened." Oh, I was. Uh... Come again? I mean, yes, but how do you know? This isn't what happened. The past is past. It cannot be changed. Really? Yeah, that's how past goes. Show me. Show me. Show me how it really happened. Like now? 
as your fake swords clang together, you suddenly are not in the garden anymore. You are in your quarters. And you're seeing this really kind of almost as an outside observer. You see yourself in your wedding dress. It, would it be safe to assume that you're crying? Yes. You were definitely crying. Your eyes are puffy. You've been trying to, like, put makeup on to, like, lessen the puffiness, and it's not doing a very good job. And you look at yourself in your dress, someone knocks on the door, and you tell them that you'll just be another few minutes. And you look at a mirror, you look at yourself in the dress again, you see an open window, and you see a battalion of Nuvestin mechs that have just been brought in from the field. We see you. If you did not, like, literally leap out the window... Oh, Sawyer would have... Style, okay, great. Sawyer would have definitely uh, leapt out the window. And she's been like... It, it was a split-second decision. Like, heat of the moment, she was probably halfway to the mech before she realized what she was doing. Yeah, like, literally, we see you look in the mirror one more time at your puffy red eyes your tear-stained cheeks and you look out the window and you see these mechs and the next moment we see you literally scaling the castle finding yourself on the ground running for the mech in your wedding dress it's getting torn and muddy but you don't care you are running for the first glimpse of your future that you've seen in a long time and all of a sudden, everything changes again, and you're in a void. A white void. There's nothing except for one person in front of you. Macha, you're still shooting the shit with Ricardo. Ricardo is trying to tell you that parallel universes are real. And that they've actually been waking up in a new parallel universe every morning, but, you know, and they're the only person in the whole world that realizes this, but every single person goes through this. And in the middle of this tirade, they look at you and they say, but this isn't how it happened, right? I, I'm sorry, I got lost on the whole frog thing. Um, which parallel universe is this? This never happened to you. This. And they gesture around. So what did? What really happened? Nita. And I look down to the hand that Macha knows technically does not exist. <laughs> and this time when you look, it's not there. You have one arm. Without going into extreme detail. What did it look like when you left the Harrison Armory homeworld. It was very low-key, as Matcha absolutely is. The only person that managed to be in harm's way in any way was the person that she actually stole the original intensive purpose from, and that's because he's just laying on the ground with his other prosthetic arm ripped out, and it's implied that Macha ripped it off and hit him with it. Oh my god. There are no alarms blaring, at least not yet. It's just this mech, this gate, 
this ship and she has like a rucksack full of like the exact same pants and like Harrison armory like uniform shirts like a kind of tied together to make like a makeshift backpack and then she just kind of closes the hatch when you close the hatch you are suddenly in this white void and before you you see Sawyer and someone you do not recognize Oh, thank God. Okay. Um, what's, um, this is still Sawyer, right? I kind of, like, go and, like, touch her face. Uh, hi. This is still real? Uh, yeah, and, uh, things are looking up from what they did, like, a minute ago. Were you also stuck on Raw Shimra and I just didn't see you? Uh, no. Huh. Is it just us two? Besides, um, uh, 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 hi. Hi. Zoro and Tika, you're at the fighting pits. You see Pilar is, like, getting the crowd whipped up into a frenzy. She is sporting Tika's latest explosives as part of her arsenal. And you see that there's, like, uh, drone cameras around that you've since learned are transmitting outside of the prison. It's like the Hunger Games, where, you know, rich people like to watch it. You know, people in prison beat each other up and they, like, make bets and shit. And it's really fucking shitty. Or Hunger Games slash Squid Game slash, you know, Battle Royale, that kind of stuff. And so you can already see that a Lobo Phantasma seems to be pleased. There's a lot of bets coming in that are excellent. And you see that Pilar's opponent is being brought out. And her opponent is really wearing what barely could be considered an exosuit. This person looks like not too much younger than you, but is scrawny and it looks so scared. You see that they've already pissed themselves. And I think you realize that this kid seems to have gotten on El Lobo Phantasma's bad side. And that this is what happens to people who cross El Lobo. This person is not a fighter. They're given barely a mech. And Pilar is El Lobo's executioner. What do you do? This is pretty sick. I want to do something stupid. What did you have in mind? Where everyone's kind of like spectating, right? And like, I'm this is like a ring I could just like walk into. Yeah. So it's like, you go way out of here somehow, and it's gonna walk into the ring and just stand between the kid who pissed himself in Pilar and just like, now do we really gotta do this? Zoro, what are you doing? Get out of my way. I'm gonna crush this bug. No. What? No? Yeah, no. This is some bullshit and you know this. He fucked with the wrong person. And there's consequences. There's always consequences, but you don't always got to accept them. You're serious? You're really fucking serious right now. What, are you trying to embarrass me in front of Lobo? Is that what you want? To get in good with him? To push me out. You don't need to do this. Oh, 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 you don't know anything. 
Fine. If you won't get out of my way, I'll make you. And she launches an attack. Tika, how are you reacting to this? While that was happening, I'm actually going to go up to the back of the ring and kind of like whisper to the kid and say, hey, come this way. Come out of the ring. You don't want to be up there. And he nods like, yeah, uh, okay. And he follows you as Zoro and Pilar are trading blows. And Pilar is like cackling, just like she had, like you remember when you first saw her on Akira 7 for the first time in two years. She's like literally fighting you like you've never seen her fight before with a kind of ferocity that you would think would be possessed by a wild animal. She's trying to tear you apart because you don't have a mech on either. No, no, I'm just, I assume Zaro's just fucking running around. <laughs> yeah, so you're like running around trying not to get hit and she's literally, it's like David and Goliath. She's just full on trying to kill you. Did the kid have any, like, weapons on him or anything like that? Nothing? Besides his, like, sorry excuse for an exosuit, he does not. Oh, okay. He goes, uh, thanks, but, like, you know this isn't how it happened, right? You're not supposed to be here. I mean, I know that, but how do you know that? Well, let's just say I know that for the same reason you know that. You know that. Sorry, uh, this is this is not going to be super pleasant. And you blink and suddenly you're somewhere else. So you had an explosion. Your explosion went off, you were caught, and you were found to be affiliated with a well-known crime syndicate. Therefore, you were thrown into the pit here with Zoro. What happened that allowed you to find work on New Tijuana 2 with Dr. Atoykian. It was after that I went into hiding. It was more so that I'd gotten incredibly bored. I was tired of being in hiding and being stagnant. And so because I'd escaped to New Tijuana 2, I'd heard about the research facility and so without giving too much of my backstory or give, giving too much of like my criminal past away, it was less so of me begging, but kind of just showing Dr. Toykian what I can do and how I could understand the research that was going on there. It was more so kind of a show rather than a formal job interview. Um, and kind of me pushing my way as lightly as I could into a job at the research facility. At the end of your, your show, Dr. Toykian sort of claps. Wow, well, that was really something, Tika. You know, you remind me a lot of myself when I was younger. I hope that's a good thing. It is, because I'd like to offer you a job. Oh, thank goodness. I accept. I desperately need, uh, oh, well, great. Um, let me get the papers drawn up and we'll put you to work. Let me tell you, I desperately need a competent research assistant. And I desperately need something to do. I think you and I will get along just fine. And she shakes her hand. And then we go to Zorro. 
you are desperately trying not to get killed by your sister in a mech. You look and you see that a Lobo is kind of like looking a little excited. And it seems like maybe some new bets are coming in. He's probably going to make a lot more money. And between her like unhinged screams as she tries to pummel you into a pulp, Pilar looks at you and she says, Tell them what really happened. Show them. Show them. Show them what you did. What? You know this isn't what really happened. How do you? <laughs> You're not supposed to be here. You know what really happened. And I think that stops Zorro dodging their tracks. You stop in your tracks and she lifts an arm to come crashing down on you. And the second before it hits suddenly you are somewhere else. Well, you're not necessarily somewhere else. You were in the pit, but you're not a prisoner. You're wearing normal clothes and you are running with your sister. You're running away from these drones and there's alarms going off and you actually look and you see behind your sister a little bit is a Lobo Phantasma. And you remember, you were sent here by your father to break him out. Your father wants him back into the fold and sent his two best his twin assassin crime syndicate fighters, whatever. He sent the two of you to do this. But it wasn't so much that he believed you could do it, but that it was also what you understand now was sort of an initiation. Your father wanted to know if he could really truly trust you and that you really had what it took to be part of La Lechusa. Everything was going pretty well until Pilar, well, Pilar does what she always does. She snaps and she snapped at a bad time. And now you have drones bearing down on you one of them with like a sort of cattle prod like electric appendage manages to reach out and shock a loba phantasma and he's down writhing and then you look and you see pilar it looks back in that moment of hesitation as she looks back at a lobo is how she gets caught too you see electricity run across her body and she sort of seizes and falls to the ground and you're still running. You see that the bars that keep you, all of the prisoners inside, away from any escape from this planet, those bars are starting to come down. What do you do, Zorolo? As your sister and a lobo behind you are being apprehended by these drones. Sorrow is going to grab at this little chain he has around his neck that has what looks like a small drive around it. Looks for a second and just really lowly says, I'm sorry. And just keeps running. You keep running. And I think you like barely slide under the bars as they cut off that part of the prison. And you keep on running and you hear your sister screaming 
as she notices that you have abandoned her. She says, I'll get you. I'll kill you for this. You'll be roadkill before I'm done with you. And that's the last thing that Pilar said to you. You open your eyes again, you blink, and you're in this space. And Tika and Sawyer and Macha are all there. Well, this is, um, this is peculiar. Incredibly. It looks like Zoro's just, like, gas as if, like, catching their breath and just, like, is this not a dream? Was that a dream? I really don't know. I honestly don't know. Oh no. Oh, do I need to hit someone? I well, I tried that when I was in my not dream, other reality. I'm not sure, and it didn't really work. So maybe that's not for the best. Okay, so the same thing happened to you all. Were you also on Russian? Sawyer wasn't, but no, I just I got a very clear look as to what my life was going to be like had I not run away. And Zoro, sit down. Zoro's going to sit down. Or are we just floating in liminal space? <laughs> you're, you're kind of floating in liminal space. You, you can squat. Vin, you're getting a cold one with your big bro, Dow. Yep, yep, yep. Very excited. Miss the motherfucker. Yeah, he's like, man, I don't see you very much these days. You're so busy with your show. My <laughs> little sister's all grown up, got uh, going viral and shit, getting sponsors and shit. <laughs> and he pinches your cheeks a little bit. Ah. ah, yeah, you know you love it. Hey, Copernicus, and he like you know gives Copernicus a big scritch behind the ears or whatever the ears are, <laughs> the appendages on his head. <laughs> you know his his hand comes away slimy, and he just kind of wipes it off on his pants. So, uh, I, I'm kind of surprised, honestly. I, I would have thought, you know, you and Thresh have such a busy schedule and stuff. You don't have time for your brother anymore. It's only busy because they don't know how to say no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, mom and dads, uh, well, moms and dads, sorry, we have multiples of both. Mm -hmm. Uh, they, <laughs> you know, they, they also are, uh, their schedule is insane. But like, you guys, I mean, how how do you feel about having a camera on you like every second of the day? Horrible. Really? Yeah. But wow, I'm I'm sorry. And I think they go to like kind of pat you. Like, so why do you do it? Well, I liked it at first. I like doing it sometimes. I just we worked through this already, actually. What do you mean? Uh, um, things are a little weird right now. You might not believe me, but we've done this already. I think, at least, I really hope it wasn't a dream because then it would have been the longest six months ever. <laughs> and Dow, like, kind of pauses and says, Yeah, no, we did have this conversation before. It didn't really look like this, though. And, well, there was a few things that happened before. And all of a sudden, your eyes, you blink, and you are in Thresh's apartment. I think right before I blink, I just go, not again. 
this is the moment where you told Thresh not only that you didn't want to do build your own mech anymore, but also that you didn't want to be in this relationship anymore. Pretty sure I um I throw the little hollow screen at them as I am quite aware <clears throat> that they have signed our rights to our baby mechs away. The 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 mechs that we made together and that we used as uh they're they're what made the show and what made us famous. So uh, they totally signed it for me. I'm sure that there was a lot of yelling in the beginning. There was probably also some tears. And now it's gotten to the point of sort of acceptance of like, this is really happening. And Thrush signs it. It's just like, I can't believe I just signed a paper saying our relationship is over. Oh, it's fine. They'll find a replacement. How could I replace you? Him, you complete me. You No, 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 I don't. I carried you. Let's be realistic. They sort of look like whatever at that. Fine. Go then. Go back to your rich bounty hunter parents and go beyond their stream. And then maybe you can taste a little bit of the limelight again. Because I know that's what you need. You always come back to it. Actually, I don't need any of that. You can go fuck yourself. Fuck you. Fuck your fans. Fuck your cars. Fuck your fans again. Just, uh, I'm out. <laughs> I, I grabbed Copernicus. I grabbed whatever, like... Actually, no, I, don't, I think I just grabbed Copernicus and I'm out. I'm out. I'm, I'm no shoes. I'm out. They're like trying to follow you and be like, no, you can't leave without your stuff. Like, you need shoes. No, I don't. I'm just going to call people. Fuck you. Come on, please. Just let me at least call you a cab or something. No. I'm dialing Dow. <laughs> when he picks up, I go, pick me up. <laughs> and, and Dow just comes and picks you up without any explanation needed and takes you to some bar. And you have a conversation with him about like the real story of relationship, how Thresh and you have been growing apart and that Thresh has been taking your ideas, not giving you credit for things and has been more focused on climbing the social ladder than your relationship. It's probably a lot of ugly crying at the bar, though. Yeah. And Dao, Dao gives you a big hug. And says, you know, I'm sorry it didn't work out, but I know that someday you're going to have some amazing channel and amazing fans. You're going to blow us all away. Oh, I'm going to do so much better than that. I'm going to crush that bitch. Oh, yeah, you so totally are. And just as he's like about to pinch your cheek, you open your eyes and you're in this void. And you see Macha, Sawyer, Tika, and Zoro. The gang's all here. Do you guys go to hell too? Yeah. Awesome. No, I was at Rashimra. Everyone else seemed to have it far worse than I did then. But if anything, I feel like I made the right choice now. It was really rough there. You hear a hem? Uh-huh. And the figure before you is a person that's like 
pretty average build, has sort of like whitish blonde hair, palish skin, and has these like really definitely genetically modified eyes that are like this like very vibrant turquoise color that is not natural in, in humans. They're wearing just like regular ass clothes, like a collared shirt and pants. And yeah, like kind of like shoulder length, whitish blonde hair. And I say, well, if we're done reminiscing, I'm sure you have some questions that I like to answer. And then I need you to help me out. Help me save the universe, so to speak. Well, this specific part of it. We'll get to that in a moment. Hello, everyone. Welcome to your regularly scheduled mid-roll. We... I've had to re-record everything because Craig, our bot that we use to record, is having a day. So give a big hearty fuck you to Craig. Just for us, from the bottom of our hearts. Yeah, third time's the fucking charm, Craig. (laughs) So thank you, listeners. um, And also thank you, patrons. We want to shout out Rocky Loy, uh, one of our newest patrons. I think we missed you in the last round of announcements, so we're making up for it. Thanks. Thanks, Rocky. You rock. You know, Rocky is a very, very special person because they not only get access to extra bonus episodes, including uh, our new interview show, Chassis Chat, you also get access to bloopers, art, and our patron-exclusive Discord server. So you can actually talk with us directly on Discord and uh, share memes and do like live reacts when you listen to the episodes, all kinds of stuff. We have a lot of fun in there. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash bringyourownmech. It's $5 minimum, pay what you want. For $5, you get access to every single uh, extra uh, little thing that we have on there. There's no like tiered access to anything. You get access to everything. If you want to pay a little extra, uh, that is just uh, because you love us that much. Oh my god, thank you, listener, Patreon. (laughs) (laughs) So, if you haven't already checked out Chassis Chat on our main feed, we interviewed the absolutely fantastic NHP Shaka of Akua Station and Mvakane fame. Mvakane is an Afrofuturist supplement for Lancer. Akua Station is the West March's style server and game that Shaka runs and puts on YouTube, so... You should check that out. Check out Umfagane. Um, Check out those mechs because the, the homebrew mechs that Shaka does. Oh, so good. It's so good. Ah, Tell them how much slag. you love Grootslag. <laughs> I love Grootslag. So definitely check that out. Keep an eye on our feed. Uh, because So obviously we have a new episode coming out on March 24th. But before then, actually, on Friday this week, we are going to release another very special episode in which we try out some new Lancer combat rules. We recently got our hands on a copy of 
Theo Rusmore's Mechs in Motion, which basically takes Lancer Combat and brings it to a whole new level. And by that, I mean beats happening one at a time instead of just individual turns, which has been very interesting and very enjoyable to experiment with. And we had a lot of fun recording it. And you should be getting that out on the feed on Friday, the very latest. So how lucky are you all that you get like four episodes of Beyond content in the span of two weeks? Beyond tent. Beyond tent. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so um, thank you so much to Teddy for sharing your rule set with us. It was a lot of fun to translate the mechanics of Lancer combat and mech customization into a real-time strategy RPG-style combat. It was a lot of fun, and we think it has a lot of promise. I can't wait to see the final product. So if you want to find the final product... Uh, you can find the ash can at least, which is sort of the preliminary version on mrexplorerguide.itch.io. You can find this Kickstarter on kickstarter.com. Uh, you just look for mechs in motion. So M-E-C-H-S in motion. Uh, it's powered by Lancer and, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's very dynamic It's sort of set in a real-time, lots of give-and-take kind of style of combat between the GM and the players in a way that a lot of turn-based combats do not. So this was a lot of fun for us to experiment with and possibly we'll uh, be experimenting with it more in the future. I think that's what's so great is that We were talking a little bit before that Lancer is a young community and we're just now starting to get like a lot of people that are making content for this game under the third party license. And we want to support that as much as possible as fellow creators in this space. So for sure that that's what's the most exciting for me is that people love this game so much that they're putting so much work into these other rule sets, into these field guides, to all kinds of stuff because of the love of the Lancer world. So definitely go check out that Kickstarter. The Kickstarter ends on the 17th. Yes. So get in there. They're so close to their final goal or to, to their funding goal. So they're go. only X amount of dollars away from making it big time. <laughs> <laughs> so 100% you should help them out. If you're hankering for more content, well, my fellow listener, I'm a listener too, technically. Uh, <laughs> If you liked Chassis Chat that much, and may I say that the response has been a little overwhelming, keep an eye out for the horizon for new guests coming on. But if you're that impatient, no worries, my sweet listener. If you join our Patreon now, patreon.com slash bring your own mech, $5 minimum, pay what you want, you can listen to our interview with Laurie O'Connell, author of Stolen Crown, right now. Yeah. But if you don't want to pay that, that's totally fine. It's coming on the main feed April 1st. It's always going to come out a month before for the Patreon because you deserve it. You do. You all really do. And I'm removing bes- my kiss. <laughs> no, no, you're keeping it. 
Don't be a coward. Uh, but you know how you can support us uh, non-monetarily is you can follow us on Twitter at ownmech. That's O-W-N-M-E-C-H. Well, you follow our cast members. Um, that's helpful. You can also leave us and uh, you can leave us a review or a rating on Apple Podcasts. Spotify now does ratings uh, or Podchaser. All of those are great places to leave us a review and a rating. Word of mouth is a big deal for a show like ours and is really how we have gotten as far as we had. So help us spread the word and leave a leave a review for a show that you like today because that's always just a nice thing to do. Yeah, and that show you like can be anything. We'd really like it for BYOM. <laughs> yeah. Oh, if you leave a review for BYOM, uh, we have a Discord channel in our own private Discord uh, that we share specifically reviews that we find online that people leave of us. Um, and that's where I go to get most of my serotonin these days. <laughs> so thank you for that, because otherwise I feel nothing inside. I think that's it for our announcements. So again, that next episode for the main line timeline ooh, is coming out March 24th. That very special Mechs in Motion episode is coming out on Friday the 11th. So see you then. See you then. Listener, I'm very sleepy. <laughs> yes, you are. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> or good morning. The person standing in front of you, they kind of look like a washed out photograph, paler and more dull than perhaps they appeared in real life. I, I'm sure you have questions, but I need your help. Okay. But yes, hello. I suppose I'll get the uh, the introductions out of the way. I am Weaver. And they sort of hold out a hand to shake. Do any of you try to take it? I do. So Tika, immediately, uh, you reach out to try and take Weaver's hand, but your hand actually passes right through it. Ah, old habits die hard. <laughs> I'm not exactly material but i appreciate the sentiment okay how do you manage that one where are we well that's a little bit hard to explain because i'm not sure that i fully understand that myself but in a way you could say that we are in blink space but a sort of different version of it perhaps it would be easier to show you Probably. And you see that around you, the blank space, it's almost like suddenly there's a wall behind you all that just turns into like a giant wall television, if you will. You can see bits and pieces of your experiences that you were just having in this like alternate world or vision or whatever it is. You can see those flashing across the screen you all have a vague idea of what happened to the rest of you during this time. Maybe not exactly, but it's sort of like a, a hazy memory, something that happened a long time ago that you get impressions of, that certain things smells and sounds, 
certain things stand out to you, but you couldn't like necessarily word for word repeat dialogue, for instance, or just just feelings. Just out of curiosity, because Macho would have definitely gone for this first. If we're like floating or just like standing in this white void or something, is there like an established floor? Or are we just basically floating? Because if so, she's on her hands and knees trying to like touch the ground to see what the hell is going on. <laughs> I think that you're trying to do that because you all are sort of floating actually. And then as soon as the like TV wall shows up, suddenly there's a floor and you all kind of boom and fall to the ground. Thankfully, it wasn't a very long fall, but still enough to kind of be surprising. Fucking ow. I'm guessing everyone else lands on their feet and Macha displays out. <laughs> ow. I land with perfect grace. Zoro doesn't. <laughs> Zoro was attempting to squat, and so they just kind of, they, I think they kind of just like land on their ass. Do you land on Macha? <laughs> no, I think they were far enough away, unless the GM wants Zoro to land on Matcha. Uh, I, I think that you all, you're, you're all close to each other, but I don't think that you actually have to land on Matcha, unless you really want to for narrative purposes. No, but... no narrative reason. <laughs> but yeah, Zoro falls on their ass, Matcha is sort of splayed out, and Weaver says, Oh, I'm, I'm sorry about that. Uh, still getting used to the physics of this place. But, uh, oh, oh, I see it's already going. Hmm, uh, this seems to be the wrong channel. Let me just fix that really quick. You watch their eyes are kind of like, you know, have you ever seen someone, uh, someone's eyes that are open during rapid eye movement? Yes, it's horrifying. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes, it's horrifying. That is what's happening to this person's eyes. They're moving back and forth very frenetically. And you see that the TV wall is sort of rewinding itself. And you see it continue to rewind to before you even got to New Tijuana 2, to the beginning of New Tijuana 2 as a colony, to the building of the research center. And then you find yourselves looking at a pair of people that are sitting in what appears to be some sort of like computer lab type of thing. And you see what looks to be a much younger Dr. Toykin and a younger Weaver. And Weaver says, we met in school, as many, many of us do. Dr. Toykin's work is marvelous. And <laughs> we collaborated for years at university and long after. Before I was what you see before you, a mind transformed by Blinkspace paracausality, I was a scientist interested in time travel, specifically the use of Blinkspace and paracausal studies to facilitate time travel. Imagine what we could achieve if we not only had mastery over space, but time itself. Travel to distant worlds would no longer be an undertaking requiring cryogenesis. You could witness the dawn of time, even. But that's part of the problem and the reason for my existence. Simona, on the other hand, I was enamored with her mind and the tenacity with which she approached problems. She always said there are no unsolvable problems. And as they are saying this, you watch and hear Simona saying, There are no unsolvable problems, Weaver. Only solutions that have yet to reveal themselves. 
and you see time fast forward. You see Simona and Weaver spending time together, collaborating together, and eventually they fall in love and they make a life together. And you see their wedding. You see that Chandra was the best man. You actually see a much, much younger Dahlia as well, off to the side, as well as a lot of other people that seem to be Simona's relatives and Weaver's relatives. After a moment, Weaver sort of pauses the video at this one frame. You see a lab and you see a structure not unlike the one that was in Dr. Toykian's lab when you entered for the demonstration. And you see that Dr. Simona and Weaver, they appear to be arguing over something. And Weaver says, Originally, my love was not interested in the blink space applications for bending time to our will. That was my dream. But Simona's dream was to bring the galaxy closer together by improving the process of engineering blink space gates so that we could abolish such distinctions as cradle and the long rim. I think in her life, Growing up on a poor mining station, she saw the relative isolation of long-room colonies as the reason for post-scarcity ideals of union being, well, just ideals. But that all changed one day. My last day as a human being. They then seem to, like, they don't have a remote, but they're in control of this tape, if you will, and it begins to play again, and you see Dr. Simona is saying, Babe, I, I think we're being a bit rash here. This isn't tested. Not really. I mean, I mean, and Weaver saying, You don't trust my calculations. This is my life's work, Simona. I finally have proof that it works. And science is not going to just wait for us to figure out what is safe. We could imagine what we can do here today. And Simona is uh, st sitting back with files in front of her, reading through things and saying, I, I understand, but uh, we need more time. And you see that this argument continues, and eventually Simona acquiesces, and they begin the preparations for the experiment. And Weaver says, I'd had an incredible breakthrough in my research. I cracked the code to accessing Blink Space as a portal through time, not just space. So I thought. Uh, after I convinced Simona to help, I attempted my first act of time travel. I would activate the gate and give myself a pen, ten minutes into the future. This would have been the greatest scientific discovery since the bicameral mines end. And yet, well, everything went wrong. And you see in front of you a horrifying scene unfold. The blink space gate or the time gate is activated with Simona standing by behind the barrier. The very same barrier you all were standing behind before. And you see that she is carefully initiating the startup sequence. She is reading all of these different outputs, but something, something unexpected happens. And we see that Weaver is reaching for something within the gate. They were supposed to only have a pen in their hand that they would allow to go through the barrier of time and space. But something 
something has distracted them. And Weaver explains as you see this scene unfold. When I activated the gate, I did not see myself ten years in the future as I had intended. I saw instead my dear Simona reaching for me and crying my name. In my foolishness, I reached out to her and everything was enveloped in a bright blue light, which I'm sure sounds familiar to the rest of you. Told you that she wasn't safe. I've been stuck here ever since. I, I don't really know how long I've been here or where exactly here is, but that's the story. And you watch as on the screen, Simona is left banging on the force field, screaming as you see Weaver is sucked into the gate and nothing is left behind. Okay, so what you're saying is that Dr. Oitoikian replicated the same experiment that you were attempting, correct? Yes, in a way. I don't think that she meant to cause all this, but here's the thing. Bear, bear with me, but um, you and they gesture to Tika, you perhaps will follow this better than the others, but I'll try and explain as simply as I can. The trouble with pulling at the fabric of reality, it's, it's like pulling at loose thread. Everything starts to unravel the more that you pull, but it's not quite like that either because Think space is not some inert dimension like we've been led to believe. It's, it's alive somehow. It's, well, not quite life, but it's something else. And, and the very act of observing it changes the conditions of the experiment. It's like uh, reaching into like a couch cushion to like find a spare credit or something, but like just trying to reach it, it makes it harder to grab. Is that kind of the same thing? I suppose that's one way of looking at it. Uh, very, very creative. It's, in a way, we pulled at a thread, and the thread unraveled, and then the thread pulled me in as it tried to right itself. Because again, it's, it's an entity almost as much as it is a dimension, but like I said, you'd have to sort of have probably several PhDs in paracausal studies to truly understand the implications. And, and I've only just begun. Nothing. Nah, 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 nah. All you had, all you had to say was that you fucked with things that you didn't know, and then its name for a majority of people to understand the gravity of the situation and uh, at the end of the day it sounds like you bitches got what you deserve. Oh, I got what I deserved, but Simona deserved none of it. Until she tried to replicate it. Yeah, I mean, there's that. And here we are. No, she deserves it, actually. If it's anything I know about fucking, it's that you don't fuck with it? I don't know. I don't actually know what that means. I just hear everyone else say it. Okay, we still have to work on that. That's for a different time. <laughs> However, as somebody who worked on this project, it, it's honestly not making sense. I don't, I don't understand how we got here. I mean, the calculations all were leading to, I didn't, I don't know where time manipulation fit in. So 
that's what I was trying to say earlier, is that Simona had nothing to do with this, not really. Uh, she, her intentions were to eventually replicate the conditions of my disappearance, but that was not the purpose of the presentation that she gave this afternoon. So blink space interfered. Yes, that's the trouble with paradoxes, isn't it? You make it sound like blink space is a person. As I wander this wilderness, I realize that it is indeed something that has life in a way that we cannot understand. And even as a mind folded in blink space as I am, it I have only scratched the surface. You could think of it as this is a... Think, think of it this way. You have a pebble. You flick it into the middle of a pond. There's the initial impact, and then there are ripples. Sometimes, if there is something close to the epicenter of the entry of the pebble in the water, they will feel those things first. But the farther along down the stream of time you go, the longer it takes for those ripples to be felt. I think perhaps what is happening today is but a ripple of my original mistake. Zoro is going to slowly get up and kind of just like dust himself off and just... So just like really, are, are you saying that we're stuck here? I was about to ask, how do we unripple? Where do you fit in? I, I kind of have a wedding to finish planning. Oh, good lord, Sawyer, not everything's about you. <laughs> Aren't we at this point considered an anomaly? Wouldn't it try to get rid of us? Aren't don't Because we, don't we not belong here? Are we going to have to fight the Blink Space? Is Blink Space going to try to kill us? You're saying it's a thing. It's more complicated than that. The ecosystem here is unusual. You see, we're in a liminal space, essentially, where time and reality are winding around each other. These threads are winding around each other in a tight knot. Specifically, that is the beginning. That is the pebble, is the knot. And it continues as it ripples outward. The knot continues to become more tight, more tangled. Unfortunately for me, that event, well, I do believe it probably destroyed my body. But for you, there's still time. The longer you stay, the longer you risk losing your physical forms and becoming lost with me. What do you mean? Uh, how, do, how do we not do that? Well, the knot must be unraveled and you must be returned to your correct present. The past can't be changed, but the future has yet to arrive. You must stop the experiment, and you must close the loop at any cost. Well, I just, I guess, point us in a direction. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's just like, it's there. I'm gonna spin around and look for a door. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna be like, where's the exit sign? <laughs> there is a big <laughs> exit sign just behind you that you never noticed before. It's just a big red exit sign. Weaver, you just gotta look around. It's right there. I'm going to look at this uh, fucking, this doctor, Weevil, Weaver, whatever. <laughs> Weevil. Unfortunate names are unfortunate names. It's, it's actually short for Story Weaver. Oh wow, so popular, so smart. How oh, would you go and have a PhD for that? <laughs> PhD for Pompous? PhD for stories? Oh my god. I, I mean, Simona did sometimes make jokes about it, but no, I don't actually have a PhD in storytelling. 
I really don't care how many PhDs you have or do not have. You are irrelevant to my life. <laughs> Question, what happened to Dr. Otoykin? Because she's not here. Weaver sort of shrugs, says, I don't know. I suppose the same thing that happened to your other companions. It's hard to say. But uh, if you think about it like this is a liminal space where time and reality are fluid, it's possible that they are in another version of this space, talking to another version of me. Well, does this version of you have anything you want to say? This is the last time I'm going to ask. Well, goodness, um, I, I haven't had the opportunity to send anything to her. And you see that they kind of look... Sad is the not the word I'm looking for, but like they were not expecting this and suddenly the option to send something to their love is almost overwhelming, but they sort of catch themselves and they say, tell her, tell her that I'm going to figure it out, that I'm going to find my way home to her, and that with a brain like mine, it's only a matter of time. All of this, honestly, it's very much my fault, and I appreciate you doing me a favor at all. Honestly, probably means very little, because I'm a little bit frustrated. But, you know, it's nice to meet you. Your name's on the building, right? Yes, uh, I suppose so. That's, that's nice of her. But, uh, look, I know that glaring exit sign is, uh, that, that is the exit, but, um, I'll ask that in order to direct you to the correct place that you all stay near me because we're about to go into a part of things that uh, things are going to get a little weird. Best to stay close. Things weren't weird yet? Well, weirder. It's well. Yes, uh, where we are going to the source of the knot is where time and reality are going to be the least separate from each other that they've ever been and all I can really say is to watch yourselves and uh, don't trust your senses, for the most part. Well, everyone ready to go? More cryptic warnings. <laughs> Weaver seems to be completely oblivious to your <laughs> concern. <laughs> well, come on now. All those PhDs and you still couldn't figure out how to word. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna ask, like, if all this, like, watch your back stuff. Do we have our mechs in this Matrix reloaded armory scene? Do you want to ask that aloud? Because do you make it an interesting answer? So you say uh, watch our backs, but um, do we have anything to like defend ourselves with if that happens? Or oh, oh yes, of course. I nearly forgot. Just a moment, please. And they snap and your mechs all appear. Oh! Oh, thank God. I'm glad they made it. Hopefully everything's in order. Uh, I can't uh, really... I, I can't account for any paracausal changes that may have been made to your builds, but hopefully they're all as you left them. Yeah, I'm gonna approach my mech. Oh, cool, even mine's here. Can I say that because of paracausality, the print Hello World is now snow camo instead of it's like kind of like burlap brown color? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, like some of you notice that your mechs are the same basically as what you had, but there's like a few little like things that are off. 
little tiny cosmetic changes, things that are slightly different. Like maybe if you had like a keychain on your dashboard or something, it's like, you know, not dice anymore. It's like soccer balls or something. I don't know. Oh no, those fuzzy dice I kept. <laughs> They're gone. I'm gonna say uh, due to this effect, Grunt doesn't look like Grunt. Grunt looks like Vim's much older mech, the one that got sold off. Oh. Yeah, for like a little bit before Vim gets like annoyed and through pure annoyance, the, the, the rift goes, oh, sorry, ma'am, sorry, and puts it back as Grunt. <laughs> for a second, the wide brim hat that is the top of the Franklin is less of a wide brim hat and more of a like a tiny little pork pie and then it goes right back <laughs> oh yes uh sorry about that things uh like i said reality time all a bit uh, uh loosey-goosey in this realm so you might notice a few changes here and there oh no that, that, that i think that's gonna be okay but the functionality should still be good matcha just iron man's the franklin on well uh, if you don't mind staying close to me, I will bring you into, well, into the heart of the storm, as it were. And I think you all sort of gather in close, and you leave this white void with the screen that continues to play the final moments of Weaver's life. And suddenly you are surrounded with just absolute unbridled chaos. There is no order at all, almost to the point that you might lose your minds trying to find any. You see threads of time going past you like streamers, and you can see other universes that span millions and millions and millions of miles in front of you and then you think to yourself how can i even see that far how is that possible you see colors that you cannot describe and you see and smell things that you know that when you return home you will never be able to experience those things again nor will you be able to ever explain it to someone in a way that they would understand and through all of this as you are being suddenly almost as if you have like jetpacks on or there's like some sort of propulsion you're sent rocketing forward the wind whips at your face as you see more time universes stars that are being born and dying you see almost what you could think is maybe maybe it's even the origins of the universe itself and then suddenly you come to a halt, a screeching halt. And you see that Weaver looks around themselves nervously and says, Suit up. Well, wait, you're already suited up. Never mind. Keep your wits about you. Something, something stopped us. Are you sure it wasn't just a planet being created or something or a star exploding? No, 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 no. That was, that was 300 million light years back. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no. And then you see a number of figures stepping out from behind the stars, pushing their way past these streaming timelines of the past and the present and the future. You see five figures, well, five mechs in front of you, 
of figures inside, and you see that they are all you. Fuck you. <laughs> the mechs that you're in now, these seem to be like distorted mirrors of them. Like, if you were to see them from a distance, you would be able to tell from the outline, from the shape, that, you know, this was Polaris, or that this was Grunt, etc. But they're different. And then they come closer into view, and you can see the versions of you inside. You see Sawyer leading the group. She is wearing sunglasses, mirrored sunglasses. She's dressed in all black. You see that she has a cruel sneer across her face as her mech is completely like made of what looks to be like black chrome to a point that you almost look at it and it's like you're looking into a void and you see a dark sword slung across the mech's back. You see Matcha. This version of Matcha has a white hair that is buzzed only an inch from her head. She has many, many, many more scars. And she has bright yellow eyes. You see Tika. In Tika's mech, you see a woman with the look of sort of a more of a mad scientist than Tika already was. They almost have like kind of singed hair, like like they've recently made something that sort of exploded in their face. You know, the classic uh, mad scientist look. And of course, still wearing a lab coat though, because, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. smart as fuck. <laughs> the biggest change, however, is you look into the cockpit of just what I needed. And you don't see one person, you see two. Hate that. Uh, This mech is co-piloted. You see on the left, Zoro wearing fishnets and booty shorts and like a patent leather trench coat. The normal look. Bare-chested. But next to them, you see that they're wearing a matching outfit to their twin sister, Pilar. (sighs) Who sits on the right. And finally... You see Vim, but Vim perhaps is the one that looks the most different from how she normally looks. Replacing her usual jumpsuit kind of mechanics garb combo, this version of Vim is dressed in pale flowing robes. The mark on her forehead, the flower-like birthmark, is still there, but it also appears to be the sigil upon these robes. Her long hair is pulled back and she looks ethereal, almost not of this world. And you see that beside her, Copernicus is also floating and seems to also be affected by this etherealness. And from the front of the crew, the mirror Sawyer steps forward and says, well, 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 look who it is. Fancy meeting you all out here. What the fuck? I don't know. I don't want to deal with any of this. I don't think we're supposed to know each other. No, I don't. That's funny that you say that because uh, I know that you're me. And Sawyer 
looks at, or uh, Mirror Sawyer looks at other Sawyer. And I think that the rest of my crew also, oh, looks like one-to-one ratio. Wow, look at that. As she is, as my mirror is doing this, you know, with one of my mech arms, because I imagine I I have the flash grenades, like, maybe near the, like, on the, like, the back. Like, one arm just sort of playing with, like, one hand, like, playing with a flash grenade, just sort of, like, waiting for the right moment. Hey, Sawyer, could you shut yourself up? Well, one of them has to shut up. I could only handle one at a time. There's only so much disaster queer that is allowed to be here. (laughs) Which one? (laughs) You. Which edgy one? A weaver beside you is trying to say something, but it's almost like the whirring of the universe in the background is sort of drowning them out but they're saying something along the lines of don't trust your senses. And you see that Mirror Sawyer steps forward and draws her sword, says, well, so we have an issue here, actually. We can't let you go any further. So you're gonna have to turn back around, okay? Sound good? Oh yeah, 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 totally. We're gonna turn back around. And at this point, I want to throw the flash grenade. (laughs) Yes. Wait, going back wasn't part of the plan, was it? No.